0: everyone this is Amanda borchel Dan and I'm Jessica Steinberg your host for Times Will Tell a weekly podcast from the Times of Israel Hi everyone it's Jessica Steinberg this week's Times Will Tell is a recording of a sold out Times at 10, that's celebrating our 10th anniversary, a screening in English of Cinema Sabaya, the award-winning Israeli film that is Israel's choice for an Oscar foreign film nomination, which was followed by my conversation with director Orit Fuchs-Rotem, also an award-winning director, at Jerusalem's Yes Planet. Have a listen and enjoy. It's really, really great to be here, and it's great to be back with a TOI screening and conversation, something that we haven't done in quite a while in this way. So thank you for being here. And I'm very pleased to introduce Orit Fuchsrotem, the director of Cinema Sabaya, which won the Ophir Award, Israel's Oscars for those who don't know, held in September four. wait for it, Best Film, Best Director, Best Supporting Actress for Joanna Said, Best Costumes, and Best Casting. We'll have another round of applause, please. <laughs> Cinema Sabaya is the underdog film, or that underdog film that unexpectedly swept the awards, automatically making it Israel's selection for consideration as foreign film nominee at the 2023 Academy Awards in the U.S. (laughs) It's also Orit's first full feature film. (laughs) <laughs> well, and here's another one one that she worked on for eight years. <laughs> She's a graduate this is this is a hometown hometown crowd. She's a graduate of Jerusalem's Sam Spiegel Film School uh, where she which she attended for five years. That was the length of the course uh, and we considered showing this screening there in the new. Arts Campus, uh, where they have a screening room that fits 120. That's the largest one, but it wouldn't have fit all of you. So good thing that we did it here at Yes Planet.
1: The Technion Israel Institute of Technology is where some of Israel's brightest minds ask the biggest question of all, what if, what if they could take on the world's biggest challenges? wonders. We hope it inspires you to give them your support so they can keep doing what they do best. The American Technion Society, world-changing discoveries by Israel's brightest minds made possible by you.
0: It's very good to have you here. And we're gonna have a little conversation, open to some questions from the audience. And of course, our heads are full of all the images from the film that we just saw. Um, I really wanna dive into what makes it such a, a feeling that is alive, really breathing. And I wanna start off with saying that I know your mother was involved in the initial idea. So if you could give us a little bit of you know, tell us a little bit of the story of how it came about and how your mother was involved in it from the very
2: start. Uh, so thank you for coming and uh, taking the time to watch the film. Yeah, so my mother uh, is the mayor of Hadera, advisor for women's issue. And, just like uh, in the film. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, she uh, was a participant in a group like, that, like uh, you just saw. She studied film photo- uh, stills photography with uh, Arab women uh, in the area of Khdera, And I just finished uh, film school and looked uh, for an idea for a film. And she told me about the course. And I thought it's a very interesting platform to discuss a lot of subjects through women and through women's eyes. And then I started uh, making those kind of groups as a research. Uh, for a few years. Wait,
0: tell us how you found your first group. That's a great story.
2: <laughs> so the first group. So I, I wanted to make this kind of group, and I didn't really know what I'm gonna do. So I just went to Accra because someone told me you should go to Accra. There's a very. I'm, I'm just gonna say Akko just for the Akko. for the Akko. for the Anglo's among yes. us. Uh, Akko where uh, there are a lot of uh, Jewish and a lot of Arab women. I just walked in the street and uh, asked women if you, they want to study, how to uh, use video cameras. And uh, they looked at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> and then I went to this uh, small shop. And uh, this woman that worked there told me, go to this place. Uh, there are women meeting there once a week. And I went to this place. <laughs> it was like a shelter, mm-hmm. and they offered them uh, to teach them a course of video sh- uh, uh, f- videos, uh, film, filmmaking. Filming, yeah, yeah, filmmaking, and they said yes. And then I just went there uh, once a week for a while, and uh, actually made up this course that you saw in the film. And uh, in in on the way, I, I thought maybe it can be also a documentary. Uh, but then I understood that many of the things that came up there wouldn't be I wouldn't be able to use them in a in a documentary. So uh, I decided to go with my first plan and make a fiction film, hmm. but to take this conflict for this character uh, that I wrote uh, based on me, of course. And and that's it. Yeah. So that's my mother's. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So your mother
0: helped you help get you started. Yeah. So art imitates life, life imitates art. You wrote the film, you were thinking about it as a documentary, but ended up, as you just said, making it into a feature film. And sometimes it's great, you know, sometimes there's writers and filmmakers who, you know, write or make a film about what they know. And then sometimes you get the advice that that's not always such a good thing to do. But tell us a little bit about why you wanted those elements of
2: truth and reality, as opposed to full-on fiction. Um, for me as a viewer, um, I, um, when I believe what I see, I, it touches me. And if I don't believe, it's, I can understand it intellectually, but I don't feel it. Uh, So for me, it's the the most important thing to to do is to make this uh, believable. And uh, that was the way I think to make it uh, believable because uh, uh, a lot of people ask me after the film if it's a documentary or if it's a fiction film, mostly outside of Israel where they don't know any of the actresses. And uh, for me, it's the best compliment because uh, it means that they weren't sure if what they see is real life right. or, or uh, yeah. Uh, or fiction. a fiction. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, for me, in order to touch uh, people, I need to, to make them believe. Uh, talk about the actors a little bit.
0: Donna Ivgi, the main character, Rona, the, the filmmaking teacher, is a very well-known actress who actually was up for two Ophir Awards in September, both this for this film and for another film. Uh, but she's the most well-known actor in the film. The rest were, some of them had never acted before, correct? And some of them or just hadn't really acted a lot. Can you tell us a little bit about the casting process, how you found these women, who
2: they are in real life? Um, so all of them are, um, are actresses, except of one, uh, Leora Levy, that lives in the yacht. Uh, she's, she's really, she really lives there. And uh, I found her through my script advisor, which is kayaking, and met her in the sea. And told me I just have to meet this woman to take her to my film. And, and then I met her and wrote her after that. Uh, So she's the only one who's really known actor Did you have to convince her? No. (laughs) Uh, It was her dream for a long time. Because she asked my friends, you told her she's also a director, and she said, oh, I want to be in the film. And then she told me. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, so she was. at the beginning I wasn't sure if she can act and I also made auditions for her character it's really funny to think that someone can do this else could be her yeah <laughs> she's, uh, she's one of a kind and all the other has something to do with acting some of them did like commercials and uh uh, Joanna Said who plays Suad, uh,
0: who won the Ophir, just to put it all together. Uh, she, this is her
2: first film. Uh, she studied for a semester in the Khazuti.
0: right, in Jerusalem. In the theater, which
2: is the, part of the Jerusalem Arts Campus, <laughs> and uh, so she and she did some theater, uh, but not in a professional way. All the rest are uh, actresses, uh, w- not so known. But mm-hmm. uh, but Amal Mokou the singer is really known. Right, and, right. Uh, she's uh, Marlene Bajali, who mm-hmm. lives in Jerusalem. The old uh, Awatev. Uh, she's an actor, and actually she's uh, single and has no kids. Right, wouldn't wouldn't believe that from yeah. her character, yeah. right? You. Um
0: you and I spoke about what you call the trick of the story, which is that uh, most of the film takes place in this one room and what we the other scenes that we see are brought from the videos that the characters, that the women made from their own homes. So tell us a little bit about that, how you came to decide that that was going to be the setting um, and also just how those... Who made those? Did you
2: make those films? How did that all come together? So the films they're bringing to class is, uh, it's of course mostly uh, actress, actresses and actors, that they, but the women themselves shot the the videos. Uh, I went with them to locations that we found, and we brought actors, like the Taufik who cuts his fingernail, is my landlord. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, because in the same day, uh, my actor, uh, there the was an extra that was supposed to come. Uh, didn't he was, show up. And he didn't show up, and, <laughs> and he thought, who can be her husband? I needed to have the location paying those people. So I just called him, and luckily he didn't cut his nails before. <laughs> and uh, he showed up. He's Jewish, he's... Uh, <laughs> My landlord, yeah, got Probably. money for this. <laughs> didn't uh, take it from the rent. And uh, um, Julia Tagil, the actor who plays Elena, uh, she really lived with her mother at that time, and she's hmm. divorced, and it's really her daughter's in the film. Uh, so we used real life sometimes, but most but she's not a character that she, it's, she's different. And um, so we we did a mix of the, the real life and their uh, true emotions. Mm-hmm. And uh, were they okay with that always? Was that something yes, you had to discuss? Of course, I discussed with each one of them. Some of them didn't what? want to yeah. to bring, so it was their choice. Um, some of them don't share. Some of them don't share at all. Right. Yeah, like uh, Nahed mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, that. I found that in every group I made, always there was one that didn't share, hmm. and uh, she also suspects Rona's uh, intentions, so that also gives her a reason not to share.
0: Right. She's suspicious the whole time, yes, about what it's really what's really happening there. Yes. You told me something just before we started speaking about Dana Ivgi that
2: she sometimes filmed: Ah, she filmed all the way. Uh, she, she held the camera.: Right, and she, she kept it going. Yeah, she kept it going, and in the end we decided to use her footage only in three parts uh, of the film. But at the beginning I didn't know, I thought maybe a lot of the film would be from her perspective.
0: So you were just going going with it, seeing what was going to happen. What about the women as a group, the cast as a group? Did obviously the experience change them in terms of making a film, for some of them it was their first time, But did it
2: affect them as a group, as a community of people together? Uh, So yes, of course. Uh, It was really interesting to see. Uh, They didn't know each other before. We didn't rehearse. Uh, We met twice in order to read the script together so they will understand everything. But we didn't do the scenes. We didn't rehearse. Um, Because I wanted to keep everything to to the shooting days. We had 12 shooting days only. Uh, Tell everyone where you fi- where the where uh, the room was where you filmed it. Uh, we filmed in Ben Shemen. It's a boarding school, and we filmed in the place where Shimon Peres got married. That was like uh, just a hole, <laughs> an empty hole when we came there, and uh, uh, we fixed everything: we the curtains, the color of the uh, the walls. It was like a, uh, abandoned, right? Abandoned. Yeah. yeah. yeah and uh, well, what did they... What you you,
0: were t- you had said to me that it was really this sort of a, a storage, almost like a storage room that uh, you... No,
2: about the, the group. That it yeah. was amazing to see that things that happened in the film happened also in real life because uh, in the beginning everybody were a bit polite and then they started not liking that she's taking the, the spot and she's taking the spot so it was a... Um, yeah, it was interesting to see that uh, it all, all the time just mixed the, the life and the and the shooting.
3: Shalom, dear listeners. This is Daniil Hartman. And I'm Yossi Klein-Halevi. Together we host the podcast, For Heaven's Sake, from the Shalom Hartman Institute. These have been some of the most challenging days for me personally, for Israel, and for the Jewish people. And one of the ways in which I've gotten through this is that I found solace and meaning through discussions with my dear friend and study partner, Daniil Hartman. And I hope that the Times of Israel listeners will join us as we continue to tackle the pressing questions facing the Jewish people here at For Heaven's Sake, which has become the number one Judaism podcast. Well, Daniil, I'd also like to recommend the Identity Crisis podcast hosted by our colleague and friend Yehuda Kurtzer. It's a series of fantastic conversations with leading figures in Jewish life, thought, and culture. You know, for decades, the Hartman Institute has been a preeminent destination for Jewish ideas and learning. Now you can access Hartman Ideas on these chart-topping podcasts at shalomhartman.org forward slash podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. We'll privileged to help guide you through these challenging and even unsettling times.
0: We're in the weeks after after elections that have changed things, and uh, we're we're feeling the effects of what's happening around us. When did you actually film this? In what year? Two thousand and nineteen. Right, right before COVID closed everything.
2: Yeah, three months before COVID.
0: And what were you looking what were you looking to bring to the table in terms of your Arab Jewish subject matter? How deeply did you want to get into it? Did you get into Did you get into subjects that
2: you didn't anticipate beforehand? Um, my main motive, uh, motivation was to, to bring uh, deep and full uh, feminine characters to the screen. Um, it was more important for me than the conflict mm-hmm. in a way, uh, because I saw many films about the conflict that tells you what to think and I didn't want it to be this kind of film I wanted it to be more open so I I wanted that the main thing will be the women themselves mm-hmm. and of course when I put Arab and Jewish women together I have to put the conflict on the table because it's, it's strange there. not to do that. <laughs> it's there uh, so I did it like in the beginning of the film just to get rid of it and to, not to get rid of it but to, to finish with it and, and to make room for these women because I think it's Even more political when you identify with a character that you will never be identified maybe before and when you see the film and not to have an agenda that tells you what to think about
0: it. Mm -hmm. Did you have any reactions as you went through the editing process from your cast or from your editing team of putting more in, putting less in? How did you react to that?
2: Um, I didn't really open it to to the cast, but uh uh yeah, it was a dilemma how much to put it uh, because the what you see in the film the political uh, part was in the shooting much longer. we decided to to make it short just to mm. like i said to put it there, but don't don't let it take over take everything over. and uh the Amal Morkus, the actor that plays on screen, she is a really political figure, and it was important to her um, how she will uh, be Retreat. presented. Mm-hmm. Yes, so it was important for me to be uh, loyal to what she wanted and not to uh, to give her a place to say what she thinks, and also to Orit uh, Samuel that plays Etty. She also they, they felt like they represent all the Jewish and all the Arabs in Israel. Uh-huh. Uh, so I try to tell them it's not true, but in a way, it's it's a bit true because when I see when people see it outside of Israel, mostly they they look at this like as a representation of uh, of what is of, happening. Yeah. So you just went,
0: you just came back from a road show in the states, showing the film, uh, working on uh, exposing it in terms of the Oscar nomination. What before we get into that piece of it, what was it like to show it to audiences out there? What were their reactions to this film that is presenting what is happening
2: here, but not intending to necessarily? Um, I think it was just after the elections, so a lot of questions were about the elections mm-hmm. and uh, what's going to be in Israel now. And Forget uh, the film; just tell us how it is. <laughs> But, but not in an emotional way, uh, they reacted like in Israel. Uh, everyone has a character that he likes the most, and uh, the questions were a lot about the work in progress and how we got this authenticity that uh, mm-hmm. uh, there is in the film. So it wasn't really different in that part.
0: Okay. So you are in this race to try and
2: win the Oscar
0: nomination?
2: Yes. We are at the voting starts in the 12th. Okay, next week Next week No pressure No pressure If you know any <laughs> Academy members Please tell them to see the film yeah. uh, It's amazing how many people know Academy members It's a really small world <laughs>
0: Tell us a little bit about the process. Yeah, so how is it? Okay. No, it's fine. But tell us how. Tell us a little bit how it works, because so, there's always this line that you know that I'm constantly writing every year. Uh, okay, and this film, because it won the Ophir, it is now automatically Israel's nomination for the Oscar nomination. Yeah.
2: But, so, so it's it's um, now there is 93 films. From all over the world. That's what you told me. And uh, <laughs> in the 12 until the 15th, they're voting for the 15. It's the shortlist. And after, and who goes to the shortlist uh, competes to be in the five, and then you're a nominee. You you're right. in the Oscar. But there's but I, the catch that I, that you taught me
0: is that you don't not every member of the committee necessarily sees. Right, every film because
2: there's ninety three yeah, films. Yeah, they, they uh, you get like I think eight films, and you can vote for fifteen films uh, to rate fifteen films, and uh, yeah, it's uh, it's supposed to be equal. Uh, that, uh, but I don't know how it really works. It's a lot about money, I see, and uh, big uh, companies like Netflix that runs a film. Can, can have more impact, mm-hmm. and the Jordanian film now gets a lot of attention, thanks yes. to our government, yes. and thanks to, yeah, so. Right.
0: So, of course, you want this nomination, but at the same time, how does it actually feel to be in this place? In other words, it is your first feature film. It did do incredibly well. It, it's a film that really catches people. Um, emotionally and through the vibrancy of what we see on the screen, where are you right now in terms of the Cinema Sabaya effect on yourself? Where where do you want to go with all of this? Besides obviously wanting a nomination, that would be pretty nice. Uh,
2: yes, and in a way, uh, it's a really greedy I don't know, greedy really Maybe it's um. Not the world, but all the time you want more and more. You mm. want this, you want this. Uh, so, I, in, in a way, I want it to to end and, <laughs> and to have a good memory and keep going to the next film.
0: Okay. Well, we want to see what your next film is. Thank you very much, Orij Thank you. We can. We have time for a couple of questions, if we have any in the audience. Let me just repeat the okay. question. The, the question is: Is that there's very clearly religious Arab women in the group, but no clearly religious Jewish women in the group, and what's the reason for that?
2: Yes, so it's a question, uh, actually I get a lot, and I I have to say I didn't do, uh, do it intentionally. I didn't even think about the characters that have a hijab as religious, except of a watif, but su'at for me is just wearing a hijab because it's tradition. Hmm. And uh, I didn't want to reflect all the society. We don't also have Ethiopian here or, um, I don't know, many... Uh, I, it's not supposed to be like a, a, a portrait of the Israeli society in an equal way. Uh, so I, I didn't feel like... Uh, also in my groups, it wasn't like there is a... a every every uh, representation is there. So for me, it's... Uh, it's the ra- random of life. Uh, so it's not an uh, in intention to, or to say something. Etty was in the script more uh, like conserver. Traditional. Uh, traditional. When she say about uh, it's not kosher and uh, and she knows things uh, about... Uh, uh, Jewish life. Yeah. Religion. So she was the one that's supposed to be more like uh, tradition. But it's not intention. Question right over here. Are the lines in the script
0: as is or are any of them ad libbed? That you permitted. That you permitted into the film? Were any of the lines in the the film Mm -hmm. ad libbed at the moment of filming and then you allowed them to be put into the film? In other words, was there a script? Ah, yes. Was there a script or was Uh, there ad libbing? A lot of uh, just on uh, Bamako. Improvising. Improvising. Um,
2: It was scripted. Uh, but uh, I gave the actresses a lot of freedom. Uh, so and also parts of it were uh, like uh, in the documentary when we showed the video to the actresses. They saw it for the first time in the in the in the set on the set. And we first shot their reactions, not the long shots. Not we didn't want to miss the, the reactions for the first time. So a lot of it was improvised and. Uh, uh, really um, spontaneous uh, but we had a skeleton of the field of the script and they could improvise on it uh, we sometimes had takes of like uh, half an hour takes that just continued talking and we used that yeah we have a question over here questions of budget and how long it took
0: for to, you to write, to write. The, thank yeah. you
2: Uh, It took me eight years to make the film, I think. The writing was in a lot of breaks, so I can't really tell you exactly, but it took time. (laughs) It took a few years. And uh, the budget, uh, we we shot for 12 days because we had a really low budget, which means something like one million and a half shekels.
0: The budget is really films. Okay, I have a question. Yes, this gentleman over here.
3: Um, How do you transition from this type of film, which is a kind of imitation of a documentary, to a, what would be your thought process, to another type of film, which may be completely fiction, not based at all on, and it would seem to me to be such a, a stark move to go from,
2: one genre into another. So, do you think about that? Um, it's a good question. Because I don't think it imitates documentary, but it has a style of a documentary because it doesn't say I'm shooting a documentary. It's not like there is a figure of a, uh, of a director outside that do it. Um, so, for me, it's uh, was a, it was a revolution... Uh, Mm. Iranian revolution, right? Iranian, rev- <laughs> yeah. It's uh, I really love Iranian, Iranian cinema that also is very reflexive, and I think that's my way of doing films from now on. I think uh, because it's really difficult to um, to change it after you you see the power of it because text now sounds to me like text. <laughs> Uh, even though it's a lot, there's a lot of text here, but there was so much freedom for them. So they they, they the text like it was in their uh, self-conscious... Uh, self-consciousness. Yeah, mm-hmm. self-consciousness. So uh, I don't think I'll do films that are really different in this style. Let's do two more questions. Yeah. When I did the, the group in Aco. Uh, there was an instructor there that all the time called the, the, the women, Sabaya come, Sabaya come. Uh, and I said to her, what is Sabaya? And she told me, it's a group of women. And I said, hmm, sounds interesting. And then the WhatsApp group that we had, I called it Cinema Sabaya. Uh,
0: of course.
2: <laughs> and then and when I met Amal Mukus I told her about Sabaya and everything, and she said, Sabaya, you say it like a prisoners, uh, like prisoners, you don't say it like that. I said, what? And then immediately, put it in the script, <laughs> uh, so it wasn't intentional, but it was like cosmic uh, decision. Right, right, cosmic coincidence. Yeah. Okay, last question. Uh, a lot was drawn from the groups. I had the character that her husband didn't want her to have a driver's license, and a lot of it. But uh, I changed all the details so they won't be, they won't feel exposed. Uh, they can't recognize themselves. I mean, in a way, maybe. A bit, but it's not like someone can tell it's her or her. Uh, but a lot of it was uh, from my groups, of course. Yes. Okay, I'll do one more question. Yeah. I invited all of them, and uh, some of them came and some of them uh, <laughs> didn't. Uh, I'm, I'm in te- I intend to do a screening in ACCO for the group that was there, but. It's really it wasn't like a really uh, in the film everybody show up shows up and do the assignments in real life it wasn't like that <laughs> it was very difficult to bring them to come and uh, so also to come to see the film it's not easy uh, but the ones that saw it uh, really were uh, touched and uh, and yeah so real life isn't ever exactly the way it looks
0: on screen no. okay. it takes more time. <laughs> Uh, Arieh, we wish you so much luck, and uh, thank you for being with us tonight and for answering our questions. And we, thank you, and everything. Thank you for being with us. Stay tuned for the next Times of Israel events. Good night.
3: Thanks so much for listening to Times Will Tell from the Times of Israel, and thanks to our producer Gilad Brownstein.
0: Please subscribe wherever you find your podcast, and check out our daily briefing news show every Sunday through Thursday. Like what you hear? Consider rating us on Apple Podcasts or Spotify to spread the word. Until next week. Shalom.